What can be said with music? Why is it so important to our culture to teach using music, to inspire commitment with music? We can become aware of our history with our music. We can learn our languages, and we can experience all the emotions, the connections with our yesterdays. To appreciate the new American contribution, to hear Israel's voice. What kind of music is Jewish music? What can we expect from listening to our music? We can expect an appreciation of the diversity of our people, understanding the ideas that our music convey. This has been the purpose of our radio time from its very inception, education with entertainment. Estelle Deutsche Abraham here inviting you to join me for the next hour of radio when we share that rich heritage of Jewish music and Jewish thought. It's shared by the entire world, sometimes a lullaby, sometimes Israel's contemporary rock beat. It's all kinds of Jewish musical sounds. The Yiddish lead, Ladino Melody, is the record of Judaic Spanish soul for over a thousand years and the energy and excitement of today's performance setting scripture to new rhythms. With pride and pleasure, the great talents of theater and synagogue, our writers, our poets. Who doesn't like to dance or enjoy watching others dance? Your opportunity to enjoy the dance music of Israel on the first half of this program. Dance if you like or just smile to the many different rhythms. Our program of music today begins with, quite naturally, Ahora, a great singer of Israel, Arik Einstein, in a recording of 1996. Hora. Oh, <laughs> 
Hora with Arik Einstein. Recorded in 1996. So did you hear this horror? It had a little bit of American country music. At least I discerned that. And I thank one of our loyal listeners, Bella Tovey, who shared with me the gift of music she recently received from Israel. In turn, I am sharing several of her selections from this new CD with you this morning. Chava Alperstein is coming up with a song from this new CD. Today, our plan is to offer some additional talent from Israel. Recently, Chava Alperstein sang some Yiddish classics. Yiddish classics. Chava Alperstein sings beautifully in all languages. But today, coming up, Chava Alperstein will sing some popular songs in Hebrew, songs enjoyed by Israeli radio audiences. And I know you will enjoy the one coming up right now. It's called Remez, a romantic music. Lovers of Spanish rhythms will enjoy with me this song for Jewish community radio. A song of love. Ma ze omer, ze omer, ahava, ahava means love. This song tells you about what happens, the hints, the clues that one feels, one experiences, but can't quite explain or even understand when experiencing that phenomenon we call love.
Israeli folk dancing is popular all around the world. Young people and the rest of us, parents and grandparents. About the sources of Israeli folk dance music? Well, the musical sounds of the entire world. Mazurkas from Poland and tangos from South America, bossa novas. Let's listen to the mazurka first from Israeli folk dancing. An evening, a Saturday evening in any town in Israel, under the stars, under the sky, and you'll hear this mazurka dance by lots of people. You'll hear and see them. 
grandparents and children alike dancing open air in Israel. This particular music, obviously, a mazurka from Poland. Well, coming up, we have other music. We've already heard tangos and bossa novas, but why not? Let's listen to Rikud, the dance of the sombrero. Well, you know what there's from. That's from Rikud Sombrero coming up now. Let's dance along with Israeli dance. Sombrero, Rikud Sombrero, the dance of the sombrero. In Yiddish theater music, the tango, the dance, the tango was so very popular in the first half of the 20th century uh, here and uh, in Europe, of course, in the eastern part of Europe, amongst Jewish people and other people as well. Stage musicals, films, and concerts were equally popular in South America as well. The The Yiddish musical theater here in the United States was the source of so many popular songs, not only here, but traveled all around the world. Theater companies toured the world, Jewish world, successfully, and the songs we were singing here in the United States were also so popular in South America, as I said, and also the cafes and the theaters of Eastern Europe. From from one such successful musical theater, offering that was created here in the United States, the song Papyrosen was translated 
Cigarettes, of course, continued to be so popular that even as the shadow of Hitler's Germany spread into Poland, the song became most popular in the forced ghettos of that time because it was popular before. The lyrics were created for a story on the stage became so true to life for those of us in ghettos that many today believe and still say that the song Papiorsen was created in the ghetto of Europe. Here the Barry sisters sing these poignant lyrics with a beautiful music accompaniment, a tango accompaniment appropriate for the music of that time. Kalte Nacht an Nebel, die Fenster in der Tim. Steht ein Jingle von Treuer, den kickt sich herin. In Regen schützt ihm nur auf Wand, der Zuschickel hat er in Hand. Sein Eugen beten jeden Stimm. Ob schon mit kein Kojuch mehr, er rennt zu gehen in Gas. Ich müssen wir hin. 
That song Papyrossen introduced on the American stage, but became very popular in the ghettos of Europe and also in the camps during the war years. Jewish Community Radio, each week brought to you by sponsors who make this program possible. The Fitzway. There's just no better way to go. When you decide to buy a car, you should look forward to the experience with pleasure. And it is a pleasure when you deal with a representative from Fitzgerald Auto Malls, knowing that the price you paid in the final deal is the very best price. Over many years and many car purchases, the difference between the sticker price and the final price has left us wondering. But that never happens at Fitzgerald. The sticker price, the final price, no haggle. And that's the very smart reason to consider Fitzgerald's the next time you buy a vehicle. And if that isn't reason enough, Fitzgerald's sponsorship of this weekly program is surely another. The no-haggle approach to buying a car, the Fitzway. There's just no better way to go. See our ad in the Jewish Times of Baltimore. And for you, our listeners, a free full-year subscription to Baltimore's Jewish Times newspaper. The Jewish Times is offering free a 12-month, 52-week free subscription for you. If you live in Baltimore or Laurel or Columbia or Frederick, you can receive the Baltimore Times free just by asking for it now. So go to jewishtimes.com slash 52 weeks. Here it is again, jewishtimes.com slash 52 weeks or call 410-902-2300. 410-902-2300. Now, Washington Jewish Week will not be outdone by Baltimore and also offers a free 52-week subscription. Access WashingtonJewishWeek.com slash 52 weeks. Mom, it gets even better. Listeners in the Philadelphia area are able to get the Jewish Exponent for the same deal. www.JewishExponent.com slash 52 weeks will get you this year-long subscription or call 410-902-2300. Coming up in just a few moments, our interview with Shira Kobrin, followed by more dance music from the Yiddish, Yemenite, and modern Israeli traditions. Stay tuned. Geknipt und gebunden. We are tied together and bound together for a purpose. 
When we stop and reflect, our lives as individual and as a people is built upon not only our own experience and conditions, but upon the experiences and conditions of others. Historically and currently, we are part of a larger picture. As we go about living our own lives, hopefully growing in wisdom, there is the realization that we are geknipt und gebunden. Geknipt und gebunden. For this Yiddish expression, I haven't as yet found a really good parallel in English. Only two Yiddish words, used in routine ways among Yiddish-speaking people, in day-to-day life, not necessarily in a philosophical sense. For us, in contemporary Jewish life, these two words have great meaning and importance, and they are important to reflect upon. Geknipt und gebunden. Geknipt means knotted, as a knip, a knot, K-N-O-T. Geknipt. Gebunden means tied, bound together, connected in some relevant way, with a useful purpose in mind. For our purpose, the phrase says we are connected and bound in time, place, as a people, one to another. Geknipt und gebunden can be used as guidance, a reminder that we are connected one to the other. Therefore, it is wise to cooperate with one another, to function together for good results, for mutual benefit. The words geknipt und gebunden an observation that for the Jewish people throughout the world, this has been true and must be today. We also understand that for our world, for our environment, this two-word phrase for all humankind is absolutely on target. Because all the inhabitants of this world are geknipt und gebund. Environmentally, politically, in most every way, we now know as a people, as human beings, we are all Geknipt und gebunden. It takes many paragraphs, many speeches, many wisely written editorials to express what Yiddish speakers have known for a very, very long time. Plainly said in Yiddish, we are geknipt und gebunden. We are tied, we are bound together in some very relevant way, with a useful purpose, always. This is Cantor Aaron Abraham, and I have the pleasure today of speaking with my cousin, Shira Cobrin, manager of Family Engagement Music at Central Synagogue in New York City. Shira, let's begin by speaking about your background and influences that brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. So just like you, I grew up in a very traditional Jewish family. Shabbat was part of every single week. Judaism was interwoven into everything we did. Um, every day. I think it came from grandparents and parents, and uh, it was not really something that required necessarily a lot of effort. It's just the way things were. So I grew up in a place where Shabbat was part of the week. Kashrut was part of what we did. Throwing Hebrew words into sentences um, was just the way that we lived, and I didn't really have to think about it. And uh, I really feel like it enriched my life a great deal. 
And when I left home and I ventured sort of out into the larger world and left my uh, my Jewish community and my Jewish school that I went through from kindergarten to 12th grade, I started to realize that this was not necessarily how things worked for most people. And um, I really felt like this was being able to share what I had and what meant so much to me with other people who were Jewish who may not um, may not have it as prominently in their life. Sharing that was something that I could do to make the world a better place and uh, help the Jewish community. And that totally comes through in your music, Shira. I wonder if you could speak now to the question of why you write some of your songs. I know that you mentioned to me that you often try to write songs that fill gaps in the repertoire of Jewish children's songs uh, where you find something missing, where you find a need. Absolutely. So I work with the young families or families with young children at Central Synagogue primarily. And before working at Central, I really worked with families all over the New York City with younger children. So my, uh, my focus has always been music for families. And um, there are a lot of things about music for families. First of all, I feel like if the music doesn't touch the adults, it's not going to touch the children necessarily as much because Judaism and music is something that people share with their children. And um, if kids are singing and their grownups are singing along with them, the impact is so much greater than if it's just something that a child likes to sing. And I could say, forgetting about Judaism for a second, when I was a kid, um, I a lot of my musical tastes came from listening to pop music with my dad. Um, made a big impression on me. He used to listen to a lot of Madonna and Michael Jackson, and we listened to a lot of great pop music, which still, uh, it, it had a big impact on my own musical tastes. And it makes me realize, or it made me realize, that those moments of sharing something like that with your child are really what, what lasts with them. And... Um, you know, for the rest of their lives and, and impact them in different ways. So my goal is always to reach both parents and children in my music. And um, I think the other piece of it is that growing up going to Jewish day school and with such a, a family that's very traditionally Jewish and knew had a lot of Jewish knowledge, um, there are sometimes pieces of holidays or pieces of Jewish concepts that people don't write about that I find are very valid and important. And I try to stick those into my music in different places so that I can pass along some additional knowledge or facts or things that may not exist in other Jewish music. For example, I can, I can tell you about the song that I wrote for Hanukkah called The Maccabees. I realized in teaching children and families about Hanukkah, there are many, many songs about dreidels, about lights, about candles, about you know lighting the Hanukkah and eating latkes. But I always noticed that there really wasn't a great song to tell the story of the Maccabees. And so I went back and I made sure I had the story very clearly and uh, accurately. And then I turned that into a song. And now I sing it with my, my students at Central Synagogue and they know Matisyahu and they know the Maccabees and they know all of these things because I was able to put it into a fun song that they can sing. Your songs really are a lot of fun. Your thank you song, which I use in my Tat Shabbat services, was taught to me by my grandkids who totally enjoy it. I have to say that um, for me, uh, I didn't. I didn't grow up as, as a Jewish educator. Or I didn't. I didn't study to be a Jewish educator. Um, it all sort of happened by accident. What I what I did study was to be an actor and a performer. And when I was first asked to play music for families and kids, um, my first reaction was I wasn't so sure that I wanted to do it because I thought about music that I knew for families and kids, and I I thought of very simplified music, things that were not interesting to me. And I realized that the only way that I was going to be able to do it 
was to find a way in where it was interesting to me and where it, it was uh, something I could be proud of. And so it took a little while of researching and listening to music and figuring out what I thought would be appropriate for kids and families, but still appropriate or still interesting to me. And, um, and that's sort of colored my entire approach to how I do this. So I'm never gonna write a song that I'm not gonna like to sing and that I'm not gonna have fun with. Um, and so I, I think that's a huge part of the style of music. And again, inspired by the pop music that my dad played for me and that I grew up on, um, those are my tastes. And uh, I, I feel like if I'm enjoying myself and I'm enjoying the music and it's interesting enough for me and fun enough for me as an adult, then the other adults who are listening to it are also going to enjoy it. So that's always how I approach writing these things. And the other thing I wanted to say about that Tudaraba song, that one also came out of a place where I found that there wasn't something that I liked enough to use. I was uh, leading my own, what we call Shabbat Central. We don't call it Tat Shabbat, we call it Shabbat Central. And um, I, I was leading all the tefillot and all the Shabbat songs and everything that we do. And after weeks and weeks of leading this, I really felt like we were missing a place to say thank you. Um, I, I uh, feel like our community at Central Synagogue, there, there's so much that these kids have to be thankful for. And I felt like it was really important to take a minute, anytime in the week, but I had them at Shabbat, so at Shabbat, to close their eyes. We always do this, you close your eyes and think about something that's making you smile in this moment. And I often give them suggestions. I say, was it the pancakes you ate this morning? Is it the singing? Is it the challah that we're gonna have? Is it the hug that you got this morning? If everyone closed their eyes, the adults as well, and think of something that's making them smile, which I think also is is something that's uh, very common in Judaism. I mean, Shachar and like being thankful the moment that you open your eyes. And I wanted to write a song that I would also enjoy, where the kids would get a chance and the parents would get a chance to be thankful and say thank you out loud. And that's where that whole concept came from. And that is actually one of I think the most favorite songs that we play at Central Synagogue. The kids, as soon as we start playing it, they get up, they start dancing, the adults start clapping their hands, everyone knows the words. And uh, now we all have a chance every Shabbat morning or every Shabbat evening that, that we have the service to just take a moment, stop what we're doing, and think of one tiny thing that we're thankful for and realize how lucky we are. Thank you for this brand new day that all of us can share. Thank you for my family, I always know they care. Thank you for my friends and teachers, toys and games to play. Thank you for this great, great world where I wake up each day.
That was Shira with Central Synagogue senior cantor, Cantor Daniel Mutlu. I can say from personal experience that that song really does work and kids love it. Now let's discuss the direction you're taking youth services at Central and how receptive the community is to your work. Well, I think that uh, my approach to what I do um, is very much in sync with the way that uh, the, the leaders of our community are steering what we do at Central. I find that at Central Synagogue, um, part of what we do really is meeting people where they're at. We want people to come to the synagogue and to approach Judaism um, in a way that, that it really uh, goes hand in hand with everything they're doing with their daily lives. So, you know, if, if Shabbat might seem daunting to someone because in their mind, Shabbat is getting dressed up and coming to sit through a three-hour service and they just, you know, it's too much for them and they, they don't want to do that. At Central, we can give them the pieces of it where they can come and say, you know, I'm really enjoying this and this doesn't take so much and I think I can do this. So I approach um, the family stuff the same way that the, the clergy do. And I guess I shouldn't speak for the clergy and that's what they're trying to do, but, but looking at what they do, this is what I get from it. We, we want to meet people where they are and make it accessible and make it interesting and make it something that they love doing. So with the family services and with the music, um, we're always trying to think what is something that these families would like to do. And for example, for our Shabbat Central, we do a, a Friday night once a month and a Saturday morning once a month. And when we do it, we have everyone come and sit on the floor all together like a big community. Um, we sing, we dance, it's not too long. Everything is very interactive. We add some tefillot so everybody gets a little bit of, you know, Shema and Oseh Shalom and Barhu. So they have pieces of the service and they can identify them and learn them as we go. But it's also a chance to just be there as a community. And when we finish, we all sit around and have bagels and coffee together and get to be together. So it, it's a lot of that kind of thing, like figuring out what someone would want to come out for, not just say it's Shabbat, you should come out. But if we offer them a space to sing together and to be together and to have a nosh together and just be there as a community together, um, that's, that's what people want. And that, that can be Shabbat. It doesn't have to be something so formal. You really are succeeding even with people tuning in from outside the central community who don't have the benefit of bagels and coffee. I'd like to finish up today talking about my favorite of your songs, Know Who Came Before. I wonder if you could tell us how that song came about. Yeah, well, um, the story behind that song is that I was sitting with my colleague, Rabbi Rebecca Rosenthal, who uh, leads most of the services with me. I do the music and she is the rabbi by my side. Um, and we were sitting there leading up to high holiday services for young families. And again, the families we do our services for are, have children pretty much five years old and younger. So we were sitting there getting ready for Yom Kippur. And she said to me half jokingly, I really wish there was a song for Yizkor. Because we never do Yizkor for the little kids and the families. And it, it felt like it was missing on Yom Kippur. And she felt, you know, maybe half jokingly that a song would be the easiest way to put that into the service. And we kind of, you know, just brushed over it and did our service and left out score as we've been doing for years. And then over the summer when I had some time, I said, you know what, I think we actually could do this. We could write a song, we could make it for score. And uh, I started toying around with ideas and the song was a little bit difficult to write. Uh, I got to the, the chorus was pretty easy or it wasn't easy, but it, it wrote itself. And then I had a really hard time writing the verses because I wanted to figure out um, should, should the verse be parent talking to a child because you know that's what we have in our services we have parents and children 
Should uh, should the verse be universal? Should the verse be directed at children? Should and I it took me a really long time to write it in many iterations, and I wrote it from different perspectives, and I decided in the end that uh, the verse really should be um, addressed to everyone who's listening. It shouldn't be. It it actually started you know with a parent saying in your eyes I see the eyes of you know someone who passed away, and I I felt like that left out the parent in the equation. So. Um, I ended up writing it as a general universal thing that, that everybody should think about those people who came before them. And when the song was finished, I took a step back and said, you know what, this, this really isn't just a song for kids, even though, uh, even though the lyrics are, are you know, easy enough for a child to understand and the concepts are easy enough for a child to understand, it really is a universal concept. And at that moment, um, I made a very rough recording of it with me just singing and uh, playing my guitar. And I sent it to our senior leadership, um, Cantor Dan Mutlu and Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. And I said, what do you think? I think this might be usable beyond the children's services. And they both replied that they loved the song and they would love to record it with me. So that's how we ended up with the, re the recording. Um, and the other thing is that in writing a, a song for East Core for families, I really wanted to make sure that we stayed on the positive. I mean, these kids are young. I didn't want to dwell on death. I didn't want to dwell on loss. I wanted to think about um, what was what kids could take out of this concept of youth core and for us and i think this came partially from what i seen rabbi rosenthal do with the families when she says to them for the older kids maybe children in elementary school she says think of someone who had an impact on your lives she says this to the grown-ups and take a moment to tell your children about this person and uh so i, I turned that concept of maybe loss or, or the death that people think about with these core into think about all that we got from these people who came before us um, and I think what you were touching on before is uh, I feel like I was very inspired by my family, specifically my grandfather who passed away. Now I'm going to get all choked up a few years ago. Um, I really think that I'm here where I am because of everything you taught me. So I'm going to leave it at that before I break down even more. <laughs> but um, that's, that's where that whole thing came from. Know who came before. Know who came before you. Know who came before, because of them we're here today. Do you ever wonder, do you wonder where you're from? Do you wonder who you are? Do you ever stop to think that so much of you comes from those who came before? So much of you, so much of me. Of our family, know who came before, know who came before you, know who came before, who set the path, who blazed the trail, know who came before, know who came before you, know who came before, because of them we're here
us They worked hard and they fought to now give us a shot They taught us to laugh and they taught us to love We know that they're smiling from way up above Know who came before Know who came before you Know who came before Who set the path Who blazed the trail The song, Know Who Came Before. Shira is joined by Rabbi Angela Bookdahl and Cantor Daniel Mutlu. That song has such a Jewish message and so much meaning for both young and old alike. Our rabbi liked it so much that we used it for Yom Kippur Yiskor as well, with great success. Thank you, Cousin Shira, for this wonderful interview. May you go from strength to strength, continue the good work you do at your congregation, and we look forward to having you on in the future. Thank you so much. A klezmer tune coming up in our time. Here's Mama's Baba Ganoush, a modern klezmer group from Denmark.
Imagine a modern klezmer group from Denmark. That's the group you just heard playing people from the past, people from the future. That's the title of their song. The group is called Mamas Babaganush from Denmark. Coming up from Denmark to the Middle East, a recognizable rhythm from Yemen. We are richer for the hearing some wonderful singers who came on earlier Aliyah to Israel. Among them, Shoshana Damari, Esther Ofarim, and here is Ofra Chaza, singing a familiar tune to those who are familiar with the Yemenite beat. Let's enjoy.
one of the gifted singers from Yemen who came to Israel very early on. Among them, Esther Ofarim, Shoshana Damari, and you just heard Ofra Chaza singing in the very danceable rhythm of Yemen. Coming up, let's go to a familiar tune by Mark Wachowski, the familiar tune called the Mazinka Oiski Geben. In case you don't know what Mazinka is, it's a Yiddish word. A Mazinka is a last daughter to get married, and a Mazinik is a male last child to get married. That's a Mazinik, who is the male, and a Mazinka, who's the girl. And it's kind of like paying off the last college tuition. So everybody is happy when the last child of the family marries. The song is Mazinka Oiski Geben, written by Mark Wachowski. The lyrics of the song is Mark Wachowski, who was really an attorney, a lawyer who dabbled in music and dabbled it so well that we're still singing the Mazinke Oiski Geben in Yiddish, most often at our weddings. We continue to share music of our people each week here on Jewish Community Radio. We haven't run out of material. Fortunately, my personal collection of CDs, recordings, and cassettes, if you remember them, and the newest techniques of storing and retrieving music make it possible to continue to create programs which entertain you, our radio audience, to be sure, but of equal importance to inform our radio audience and something I consider most important to remind each of us, to remind us to participate in Jewish life, pursuing a future for all of us, listening to our music. I know it is a good way. It's a good derech. Our message of hope, of renewal, yes, and the words are most important, and yes, it is the music that lingers and stays with us, the melodies that fill our hearts and carry these important words for us, the melodies of our childhood, perhaps. Wherever we find ourselves, the melodies return and return again. These days, the melodies return with different rhythms and different arrangements. Sometimes the words return with different melodies, entirely different music, music which expresses our time, this wonderful 21st century. 
Originally introduced at Eurovision 1991, this song and its accompanying dance are still immensely popular in Israel today. Kol Shana. Kol Shana matrila Besiman she'ela Ketino hamoded te'ada Quite frankly, as I prepare each radio program, the music fills my head and my heart throughout the week. That's the great pleasure I enjoy from our weekly radio shows. While we hope and look for better news from Israel, from the Middle East, here on Jewish Community Radio, we bring you the good information of the progress, the inventions, and the innovations that the State of Israel has created for the benefit of the entire world. What is important to you? To know more about the long history of the Jewish people, to learn about creative people today who are contributing to our cultural life in the 21st century. I'm Estelle Deutsch-Abraham, host and producer of Jewish Community Radio. The pleasure and privilege of producing this radio time for thousands of listeners has been mine. If you find this radio time important in your life, now is the time to support your interest in what we present each week. If you have a question, comment, or would like to join our sponsors, give Estelle a call at 301-530-6530. That's 301-530-6530. Next week, of course, we'll have more music on Jewish Community Radio, and we count on you to be with us. Estelle Deutsch Abraham here, closing this edition of Jewish Community Radio, joining our sponsors and thanking you for being with us. Thank you for your time and your encouragement and support of what we do each week. We plan each program to reflect you because you're in our community and you're part of that rich heritage of Jewish thought and Jewish music. I'm inviting you to keep in touch as I always do. Share your thoughts. 
because today we have shared something most important, the continuation of the voice of our people. So until next time, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Let's just say thought. Have a fine week. A good buena semana, and Shavua Tov. Shalom, <laughs> Chen